Hi, I'm Lily. Welcome to Story Therapy. This piece is called Rules for Surviving the Apocalypse. One, get up. I know it feels like you can't move, like you can't throw off the covers, like you can't put your feet beneath you and stand. It's warm, comforting, and safe from the expectations of others in here. You can stop fighting for a while. Let the dark clouds cast you in shadow and not feel so ashamed. In your apartment, in your room, in your bed, there is only you. And you can escape from this life for a while into a dreamland of pure, sweet nothingness. But the rule is this. You must get up. You don't have to get up right now, or in five minutes, or in an hour, but you do have to get up sometime today. You don't have to go far, the couch maybe, but you do have to get out of bed. Because if you let yourself stay where you are for a whole day, it will start to feel normal, like the way it should be. And tomorrow, getting up will be harder, and seem less natural, and you will convince yourself that your bed, your escape into nothingness, Your warm, safe haven under the dark clouds is where you're meant to be, all you're good for, and you'll stay and stay and stay until your life, everything you built out there, has given up and gone. 2. Shower. I know it feels like your body is not your own, like you can't stand, like you can't walk around your apartment and do things. Your body feels heavy useless and pointless, every motion a feat of willpower and strength and defiance. It's easier, better, to lay in bed or on the couch and stare up at the ceiling or at a TV and just let time pass you by. You are already doing so much work in your mind to stay here. Keep surviving. You are trying so hard just to keep breathing. I know. But the rule is this, You must shower. You don't have to shower right now, or in five minutes, or in an hour, but you do have to shower sometime today. You don't have to do your hair, or put lotion on your body, or put on regular clothes. Clean pajamas or sweatpants will do. But you do have to shower, because if you let yourself be greasy all day, your body will slip farther and farther away from you. You will become heavier and heavier and heavier until you feel rooted to the couch. The longer you wait, the more animal you'll feel, and that belief you already hold that you are disgusting, ugly, worthless, will feel more and more true. 3. Leave. I know it feels like you are alone in the world, like you haven't seen or been seen by another soul in weeks. You feel ignored, invisible, unimportant, abandoned. One lackluster interaction, one thoughtless word at a time, you feel like you are losing your story, your purpose, your reason for existing. When you're alone, you can forget, for a time, that life is supposed to be a series of meaningful connections, and that you are missing those connections, missing out. So you keep the door shut with you on one side and everyone else on the other. But the rule is this, you must open the front door and leave. You don't have to make plans with anyone you know, or even talk to anyone. Just leave the house. You don't have to leave right now, or in five minutes, or in an hour, but you do have to leave sometime today. 
go get some curly fries or see a movie or get the mail. It's important to remind yourself you are not the only person left in the world. The world is full of all kinds of people and the opportunity for connection is right outside your door. So open the door and leave because if you don't, you will continue to slip and slip and slip farther into yourself until no one in the world, not even the people who you feel most connected to, can reach you. Four, say yes. I know it feels like the world is ending, like life has lost all meaning and purpose and reason. I understand you feel sad, angry, hopeless, and most of all, afraid. Some days there is so much hurt that you don't think you can take another moment of it. The pain overtakes you and there is nothing to do but sob until the hurt subsides. You think to yourself, if I experience one more moment of pain to add to this burden, no amount of sobbing will ever be enough again. It will never subside again. I will be overcome by the pain I carry with me to the point of madness. So you say no to things you want to do or try or see or experience because you think, will this be the final thing? Will this be the painful experience I will never recover from? But the truth is this, you must take the risk of saying yes sometimes. You don't have to say yes right now or in five minutes or in an hour, but you do have to say yes sometime soon. You don't have to say yes if you don't want to do the thing or if you don't feel safe, but sometimes when you really want to do the thing, but you feel that knot of fear, panic really, form in your belly, that resistance, you must do the thing. Because if you don't risk something, take a chance, then you will never have opened yourself up enough to reap the only reward for being alive and surviving all the suffering. Connection to others. This is something you can't miss out on. You'll want to feel and feel and feel that connection for as long as you can, even if it grants you a little more pain. Because that connection is healing. It's finding your way back to the world. Five, keep moving. I know that all this, what you're feeling now, feels permanent. Like the biggest and most terrible thing that you have ever felt. Like the merry-go-round that never stops turning. I know it feels like you will always be unhappy and your life will never get better. I understand that right now you are so overcome by sadness, fear, anger, and pain that you can't think past it. It feels like there was no before this heartache and there will be no after. But the rule is this, you must keep moving. Feel what you're feeling. Sit in it, live in it, hold it, Give yourself the gift of compassion, then let go. You don't have to move right now or in five minutes or in an hour, but you do have to get moving sometime soon. You know you have been here before and you may not feel it, but you know there will be an after. Nothing is forever or always or never. The only true constant is change. It's important you remind yourself in your darkest moments that everything that comes will eventually pass because even depression is subject to the laws of the universe. So as long as you keep moving, your life, your circumstances, you will keep changing and changing and changing. There will be ups 
and downs and periods of calm and you will pass through it all whole. Six, shift your perspective. I know it feels like everything in the world is bad. Like every person you encounter, every experience you have, every thought in your head is encouraging you toward your darkest beliefs, your darkest self. I know it feels like people don't like you or want you around or need you. Like every person is only seeking ways to avoid you. I know you feel lonely, rejected by the world, and your mind has become your worst enemy. But the rule is this, you must take action to shift your perspective. Move from your bed to the couch. Imagine why that lady in the car in front of you might have cut you off. Think about other reasons someone may have canceled plans with you beyond leaving them annoying, because it's more likely that it isn't about you at all. You don't have to take action right now or in five minutes or in an hour, but you do have to take action to shift your perspective sometime today. It might sound crazy, but moving from staring at the white wall in your bedroom to staring at the white wall in your living room can make all the difference. And you have the power to do that right now. But if you don't take action, if you don't shift your perspective, you will get stuck repeating and repeating and repeating all of your old patterns, your old insecurities, your old wounds, and you'll be stunted in your progress. Seven, breathe. I know when you're at your worst, each of these rules will feel more impossible than the last. Like I'm asking you to climb Everest over and over again. I know it all feels impossible, useless, hopeless, frustrating. It feels like it might kill you and nothing anyone does or says can make it better. But the rule is this, when following the rules gets too hard, when existing gets too hard, just breathe. You can breathe right now and in five minutes and in an hour. And if you can do nothing else today, then breathing is enough. The more you breathe, the more you will feel your body, your heartbeat, the sensations on your skin, and you will remember that you are alive. You will remember that where there is life, there is always hope. Then maybe tomorrow you'll be able to get up, and the next day you'll be able to shower, and the next day you'll be able to leave, and the next day you'll be able to say, Yes, and the next day you'll be able to keep moving and the next day you'll be able to shift your perspective. And maybe the next time things get bad, it will get easier and easier and easier to find your way out again. I wrote this piece, Rules for Surviving the Apocalypse, in 2018. It's one of the most transformative pieces I've written, and by that I mean it, it transformed me. It gave me something to focus on and practical ways to improve my life every single day, which has been invaluable to me over the past three years. <sighs> Rereading this, I love how the way I wrote it somehow brings the reader, you and me of 2021, into the state of mind I was in at the time. I don't hide from the darkness of my thoughts and my feelings. I fully and truly express them. 
I validate them, I hold space for them. I show you their darkness, how they spiral down and down, circular and repetitive. Stay and stay and stay, or slip and slip and slip, and then I bring you little shocks of light, little possibilities that maybe a way, not exactly out, but to live side by side with it in ease rather than pain. That's where I was then. I knew the darkness and I had started to befriend it and have compassion for its origins, but I could also see the light peeking in. If it's not clear by the end, um, the apocalypse was depression or rather mental illness since I have bipolar disorder. At the time I wrote it, I was 24 and had already spent more than a decade first falling into depression, about two to three years, and then living there a while, four to five years, and then trying to claw my way out and find a little bit of life that felt both honest and worthwhile, four to five years. I'd made a ton of progress and grown up while I was at it, but I was still in a place where I often had to force myself to do basic shit like get out of bed, shower, eat, drink, and leave the house. When I wrote this piece, I had made progress on the first three rules. Get up, shower, and leave felt almost natural. They were things I could do most of the time, but I still felt that in order to keep making progress, I needed to put these rules down in writing so I could press them into myself and remind myself of their necessity until they warmed and became a part of my body. Then, as we get further down the list, I remember feeling like the rules got more aspirational. Like, Say Yes, which is inspired by the book The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, um, and Keep Moving and Shift Your Perspective. I'd been working on all three of these for a couple of years at least, but living them still felt like a pipe dream. They still felt like the kind of things that would always be work, you know, like never natural or easeful. They scared me, and I had to push through a lot just to arrive at the table where I could contemplate doing them, let alone do them. But once I put them down on paper, it's like all of that pre-work was done for me. I could see them in front of me all the time, and all I had to do was reach over and pick them up. Finally, the last rule is breathe. I didn't remember this until I was writing the next episode of the podcast on hope and trust, and my best friend Lindsay was helping me edit it up a bit. But when I was originally writing Rules for Surviving the Apocalypse, I had a lot of trouble coming up with the final rule. She tried to help by suggesting a lot of like super positive rules because of who she is as a person. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure whatever she suggested was admirable. But that level of positivity felt so impossibly out of reach at the time that claiming it would have made me feel like an instant failure. I couldn't embrace joy or gratitude or self-belief or any of that. I was too mired in all the feelings I used this poem to validate and express. And if I remember right, which is a big if, I think I explained the feeling I wanted the rule to be. I wanted it to be self-compassionate, gentle, and forgiving, with a tentative eye on the light. I wanted to give myself the space to feel what I was feeling and be where I was at without judgment. Lindsay suggested, breathe. I love this one so much. Nothing is kinder, more compassionate, more expansive, more humble or more holy than the simple and always accessible breath. And it made me feel so held to know I could always turn to breath. And that wasn't a failure. It was a part of the process.